Hello, and welcome to Speak Your Truth Podcast, the only podcast dissecting the intersection of mental health and sports. Since beginning the show, I've had NFL and WNBA players, as well as MLB and NBA mental skills coaches as guests. By creating Speak Your Truth, I'm making an effort to get successful people, specifically athletes, to share their journeys of mental health, failures, obstacles, and breakthroughs. It's important to speak our truths and help others along the way. Thank you for being here. Hello to you all. Good morning or afternoon, depending on where you're joining us from. I appreciate you all being here as usual. Today's guest is Timothy Bryson, future Dr. Timothy Bryson. He's the Director of Student-Athlete Career Development at the University of Maryland, as well as a PhD student there. Tim is an extremely proud black man and credits his mother and grandmother for that. And he's gonna tell you so much more about himself on today's episode. Super glad to have my brother from Ohio on the show and super excited about the person that he is and the mission that he's on. Very, very grateful to have had him as a guest. I hope you all enjoy. Listen to the trailer, also check the show notes, and please rate and subscribe and review. Thank you. I appreciate you all. Speak your truth. Tim is on the phone here with us, ready to share his story, ready to speak his truth. I'm so excited to have him on here and super grateful for him taking the time to be here with us today. Tim, how you doing, my man? I'm doing well. I'm doing, I'm doing well. Glad it's Friday, man. It's been a hell of a week. Um, so... If I don't have to hear the words social distancing, Zoom, or new normal until Monday, that'll be a good weekend. I definitely feel you. I had to um, unfollow so many people on Twitter because oh I couldn't take it. And I can't delete the app because I needed, you know, to, to network and reach out to yeah. people and things like that. So I was like, you know, my only other option is to unfollow people. And I have been great at unfollowing and blocking for a long time. So it was Got nothing to you feel me man i'm glad you're here though tim and i'm gonna get right into it you ready yeah i'm ready all right so you are a proud black man that's what i have learned about you from reading your website and i love it why and why is that important well that's a that's a a great question and honestly i mean first and foremost uh appreciate you taking time to even interview me um and really uh, creating a platform for people to just share their truth. And I think that's something for me, you know, thinking about what it means to be a proud black man, but also what it means to live out uh, being a proud black man. Um, it's an everyday thing. Um, and so for me, I, I've been taught, you know, at an early age that, you know, you only have your name and your character um, and no one can take that away from you. Um, so truly investing in that uh, from the very jump. Uh, what I will say before I can go any further is that, uh, though I will uh, will continue to reiterate and emphasize how proud I am to be black, uh, particularly to be a black man. Uh, I would not be a proud black man without the two uh, proud black women uh, that have helped mold me into the man I am today. So my grandmother yes. and my mother. Um, and so yeah, I mean being being proud and black. Um, it sounds it sounds wild saying that uh, in order, but especially right now in 2020, right? Like um, just being an example for those. Um, who are still trying to find their way, right? I mean, to be honest, it took me a minute, uh, really up until, 
I was 21, 22 to, to really uh, come into my own and, and be proud and being black. Mm-hmm. Uh, just given the experience I had growing up uh, in public school, uh, in my private all-male Jesuit Catholic school, where I was one of 10 black graduates in the class of 374. Wow. Uh, I played soccer growing up, which is not, quote unquote, not a black sport, you know, so like, it took me a minute to really uh, embrace uh, all of my, well, all the blackness in which uh, I come to identify with, um, though it's definitely still a journey, but one that I'm uh, grateful to have, um, you know, a community, a community and a village around me to you know, carry me along the way. I love that. Um, man, already so happy to be connected with you and well, for definitely. you to admit that you couldn't be you without black women. I wish that uh, more of us were like that. But uh, I agree, man. I It took me a really long time to accept being black. And I joke about my little brother. It took him until he was probably 10 or 11 to like say that he was black. And he would literally uh-huh. cry if you would tell him that. And Mm -hmm. then I started to reflect, like, well, what was I like when I was younger? And when we first moved to Ohio from Illinois, I was, we were the only black family in West Carrollton. Um, It was me, my parents, and my grandparents. And uh, it was just us. And for a while, um, I mean, kids wouldn't play with me. When we would come to the park, them and their parents would leave at school was kind of like it was really hard adjusting and I didn't understand it because I was just a happy-go-lucky kid I just wanted to be at school and be around kids because I was an only child Um, but my parents tried well they didn't even try they did explain it to me very young and never sugarcoated anything so although I had insecurities growing up especially being dark-skinned and also being more masculine, like people thought I was automatically thought I was a bully and were very intimidated by me. But I'm like the biggest teddy bear ever. I just look mean as hell, you know? Um, yeah. But then I also have to because um, so that other people don't bully me or don't think that they can get over on me because I am a black woman. Like I'm not exactly. that black woman or, mm-hmm. or that woman, period. So, um, yeah, growing up in Ohio, it, it was difficult to accept that. And it took me... Um, it took one of my relationships to help me understand, like, Samara, you're black. Like, you are black. And the woman I was dating, she was mixed and raised, she was adopted by white parents. So she had a very um, distorted view on a lot of things. And when she said that, like, black people don't experience, like, any sort of injustice because of their race anymore i was like no 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 like that's it so I'm, i started watching all these documentaries i'm reading all these books i'm online like black powering it up and now like i'm married to somebody just as dark as me so like just so black on the inside like i love it and she's changed my life so much and helped me accept who I am uh, so much more, and I love her for that. So hey, come I, on, Black Love. Yeah, you feel me, man. So come on, Black um, Love. We trying to change the world, man. Trying to change the world. So I love it. I love it. I love that you said that, and I love um, that you are able to express that so well. I really appreciate that. Well, definitely. Yeah. So Tim, we both from Ohio. Um, I ain't never been more proud to be from Ohio after living in Chicago for two years. I'm not gonna Amen. lie. I appreciate this, uh, Ohio so much more. Uh, But life there is a little different for us. We have privileges that most in Chicago or Baltimore, D.C., where you're at now, um, in those inner cities, they don't have. How did your privilege uh, play a part in you being able to see the inequality in the education systems and access to resources? Shit, bro, like that. You asking something. (laughs) 
Listen, it's a podcast, but you need to apply for some uh, some desk jobs, yo, because these are some good questions. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll keep the story you know, semi-brief, uh, but go kind of in reverse chronological like, Speak order. your truth, man. Yeah, yeah, I got you. So I see you went to Chaminade Julian. Yes. Which is, in, as you know, is in the G- GCL, GGCL, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I went to St. Xavier in Cincinnati. I'm not going to say one's better than the other, but it is St. X. But nevertheless, um, I, exactly. <laughs> nevertheless, nevertheless, uh, I went to public school through junior high. And so when I was in third grade, uh, my mom still has this picture. I remember she took me and my brother, who's 18 months younger than me. I have a sister who's six years younger. Okay. Um, well, shout out to them. My brother got his master's um, oh, from Kentucky, actually. And my sister's graduating from Vanderbilt this May. So, oh, my God. Yeah, but shout out to them. They'll probably like, listen to wow. this. But uh, she took me and my brother to St. X and was like, yo, like, y'all going to go to school here? And we just look weird again. I'm like, what, nine, eight, nine? We're like, okay. Um, but it was someone <laughs> that she went to work with that had told her, like, yo, St. X is a you know, college prep school, similar to CJ and other you know schools in GCL. Uh, would definitely help set, you know, their career on the quote-unquote right path. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, you know, we took the placement test, whatever. But going to St. X, and I didn't realize this until I got to um, Coastal Carolina, my first um, college. Okay. It prepared me so well from an academic standpoint, because I, yes. I don't remember studying at all. My freshman year of college, at all, like, I partied a lot. But <laughs> yes. But what I will say is that it was a decision that helped me, that helped prepare me to be successful, again, whatever the hell that means, mm-hmm. in college. But it, it elevated and really um, took me out of place. It took me to a new level of privilege. And so going back to your question, right, like going to a school in which, you know, um, St. X donors, sorry, St. X alumni are huge um, donors in Cincinnati, but really all over the country. Mm-hmm. But it said like, OK, like this level of privilege or this level of education, educational privilege will get you into these spaces. So now you have this new network yes. going to college. Like you have this expanded network from people who are affiliated with coastal Carolina or, or South Carolina and now Ohio State and now Maryland. Like it opens up a new network and really a, uh, a new access point to you to, to really leverage connections, resources, um, and just the knowledge that you, uh, you know, really obtain while living in those cities and attending those those universities. So what I will say is that being at St. X taught me a lot, being around white people and just their private school environment. Yeah. Going to South Carolina and going out of state. I know you were out of state, too. Out of UConn first, and you also transfers. Shout out mm-hmm. to the transfer experience. You, you one. <laughs> Bro, the transfer experience is one that is untold and one I'm going to talk about more in my doc program. Um, Please, uh, yes. I, I got you, because that, that's, a, that's a different experience. You get it's two freshman so years. so important, yes. Exactly. So, I mean, going through, like, being able to attend college, uh, and I wrote about it in my last blog, but being able to go to graduate school and now being able to go, uh, you know, um, earn my terminal degree come this fall, like, it said, like, you know what, I've been able to do these things, not because, not just because of people, but because of the environments that have helped, you know, shape behaviors. And so how can I reach back and um, liberate all student communities uh, to be able to identify their passion, inspire vision, and walk in purpose? Man. Tim, are you going to write a book? Uh, we're going to see. I got to get, get the dissertation first, man. Okay, okay. I got to get the dissertation first. I was first. about to say, take your time with that. <laughs> Telling you, because I saw you at a UConn. Did you, mm-hmm. you got recruited? Yes. So there was a point in time where I was really, really, really good. And um, I committed my junior year. As soon as I could sign, I signed. No question about it. Um, And my parents were trying to get me to take all my visits. 
And I was like, no, like I already know I want to go to UConn. There's no need. That's my dream school. I wanted to go there since I was seven. Um, Tamika Williams, I don't know if you know her, but she's from Ohio, from Dayton, went to CJ, went to UConn, played in the WNBA, played overseas. So I was like, like that's going to be me. And I met her, so I just like tried to follow her path best I could. And even she told me, do not go to UConn. You are not going to like it. And I was like, what are y'all talking? Like, it's UConn. What? Like, I'm winning champ. Championships. I'm playing for Gino. I'm, uh, you know, traveling the world. I don't care what y'all got to say. I'm playing on ESPN every night. Shut up yeah. and leave me alone. Uh, yeah. I ain't want to listen. And um, so, yeah, it was, I wish I would have taken on my visits, first of all, just to be able to travel around, uh, for my family to be able to travel around the States. And, you know, they treat you like royalty when you go on those visits. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it also would have helped me take the time to make the best decision. Um, for me and I think would have set the tone for my life in general because I have always made very um, impulsive decisions and I feel like if I'd have taken the time to make a better decision and made that hard decision not to go to UConn although I always wanted to but it's not best for me my whole life would be different yet I'm thankful that I went down the path that I went down Um, it's hard it's still hard but I have uh, gained just so much value so much more knowledge, so much more wisdom, peace than people who went down the straight path and everything is great because they have so much more inner work to do than I do. So the wealth and all that, that'll come. It's a marathon, not a race. I have the rest of my life to become a millionaire, billionaire. Um, But for me to be 27 and for myself and for others to know that I'm a very wise young woman and I have a purpose and passion. I think that's more important than me having a certain level of uh, success, like you said, or wealth right now. So um, it's just realizing what's important and what's not. So yeah, it was it was definitely a journey and transferring, making that decision was really hard. And I definitely took my time with that one. Um, but it was, I knew what was best for me. I was really depressed when I was there. I went from weighing 180 something pounds to 150 something pounds. And it wasn't great. Like, and really quick. So it wasn't because we were working out. Like, yeah, they were working us really hard, but I wasn't eating before or after I was working out. I didn't sleep. Wow. I was taking NyQuil. I was mixing NyQuil and Sprite to go to sleep because um, I didn't want to take I, I hate NyQuil, so I had to figure out something. And it was actually one of the former players who told me to do that. And, um, wow. I, yeah. So it was like a lot of us struggled with mental health. We didn't know it. Um, a lot of the girls drinking, a lot of us, I, myself even, like, would just drink. It wasn't that we was partying. We'd just be in the house chilling, just drinking. Um, I didn't smoke at the time. Now, after I retired from basketball, I picked up smoking weed. Like, I was smoking so much. Uh, like, yeah. by, I would say by 8 o'clock in the morning, I would have smoked about five blunts already. Before Damn. Go, right. Before going to work. I had to be high in my relationship. I had to be high at work. I had to be high to to talk to my parents. If I was calling my grandma, I'm rolling up before I talk to her because I know she's going to stress me out. Like, I would give every reason in the world to have to smoke, and I didn't have to. So um, it was really really bad. But all of those experiences, uh, I connected them, and that's how I'm here. So, um, so yeah, it's been a journey, man, a freaking journey. <laughs> I believe it. Sharing that, no, that's real. For real, I, man, I have to. Um, you're definitely welcome. I have to share it because I remember the first time I said it to a group of people, 
And to see like the relief that they had, like, oh snap, like there's somebody else who feels like this. And then it's like Samari who used to play at UConn and went to UK and did this. It's like, so I'm not the only person. And there's people who have maybe achieved more success who um, have experienced this. And we always think that like, for example, LeBron and Serena are the two biggest um, male and female athletes. We think people like them don't have struggles of any kind for whatever reason. They are still normal human beings. So mm-hmm. now they're coming out and sharing their stories and the conversation is starting to become a little more normal. But you still have people, um, and I will say specifically us, who have a hard time saying that. So that's mm-hmm. my goal is to get more people. And I try to... Uh, be fair about who I have on the show, but I really try to to get us on the show because we don't talk about it. And I'm black, and I'm a woman, and I'm gay, so I try to get more of me on here because there's so many uh, more of me out here, but I don't see me, if that makes sense, Uh because we're afraid to be us. I'm not anymore, Um, and living in Chicago has helped me with that, but I want to see more of me. I want to see more black people doing well. I want to be able to have black male friends without them feeling like you know, whatever y'all do with this sizing up stuff and competition, like, I'm uh-huh. even though I'm more masculine, I'm still not a man. Like, I want to be able to have male friends without feeling like it's a competition. Um, or without them hitting on me, because I am still a woman. So, it's, uh, you know, so it's, it's, and not just black men, but a lot of men. Um, it's always that, like, okay, well, can I get close to him? What is he going to think? And maybe they're thinking the same thing about me. I don't know. Um, and even with women, I want heterosexual women to be more comfortable having friendships with gay women because I don't like you just because you're a woman. I'm not going to hit on you just because, you know, you're a woman. No, like, I'm still a woman. Like, I can paint your nails and put ponytails in your hair. I listen to you talk about your man. Like, I'm still a woman. Like, I like gossip, too. So, so yeah, like, I just want everything to be more normal so to speak and accepted so um i started this with the intention of it being like mental health and sports but it's expanded um my thinking so much and just what i want to do and and what i want to be of service to if that makes sense um so yeah so it's just it's awesome to be able to connect with people like you and get you on here sharing your story and what you're doing and i hope that it's a lot of uh a lot of young people who are going to hear this, especially people like us, um, who know that they can get out of their environment if they just try. Um, there are ways out aside from playing a sport. You don't have to play a sport to, to get out at all. There's multiple ways. So, um, so yeah. Next question, because this is not about me, Tim. I just talked so much about myself. Uh, conversation. We here. <laughs> exactly. I got you. Uh, explain to us the work you are currently doing and your plans after you achieve your PhD. Okay, so my current role, I'm at, so I currently work at the University of Maryland College Park, uh, Go Terps, and my current role is I'm is that I am the program director for student athlete career development. Um, nice. So my role is uh, pretty brand new, only about 15 months old. Um, okay. My job is, like I tell the students, to help student athletes, all student athletes. We have 530 student athletes across 20 sports wow. uh, but, to help them, but to help them secure the bag right and so like secure the bag whatever that means to them so if you want to um, secure a postgrad internship or fellowship let's, let's make it happen if you want to go to grad or professional school let's, let's uh, reach out to campus recruiters i mean yeah admissions recruiters and you know get on the phone with them if you want to secure a full-time job so be it 
if you want to graduate and take a year off and backpack through Europe, let's look at some routes, right? So, like, yeah. whatever you want to do, like, my job is to help facilitate um, that process to make it, you know, easier. And that, that starts with, you know, education, um, experience, and exposure. Um, and so, um, we're doing a really good job. Uh, myself, my supervisor, Risa Lovelace, our Big Ten fellow, uh, Megan, um, and our other um, academics um, uh, intern, Shandy Dawkins, doing a really good job in helping just uh, create an environment where student athletes can pursue their evolving career goals. Um, there's already a lot of fear from an athletic, athletic identity transition standpoint. Um, so how can we create an environment um, that produces behaviors in which student athletes are more courageous to, to pursue the things that they actually want to pursue? Man, I'm sitting here like plotting how I can help. How can I be of assistance? Cause I really, oh, you're really good. Like, I mean, some way, I don't know if I'm going to ever go get my PhD, but I would love to, like, I mean, come speak or anything, even if it's, like, virtually um, to some of the student athletes, because I wish I had something like that. Because Yeah, because it's like, okay, I know I'm probably going to go pro, but what if I don't want to? I don't know how to get a job. I don't know how to work. I don't want to work. Where am I going to live? I don't know how to do nothing. So, of course, I'm going to go pro. That's the easy thing to do. Um, but then it's like, okay, now what after that? Um, and that's what, I, that's what I struggled with. And I'm still struggling. I know I want to be an entrepreneur. I know where I'm headed. It's the getting there part. Um, and that's what we need help with. That's what people in general, not just athletes, need help with. But I'm so thankful that you guys are doing that because it is harder for the, the student athlete because that's what we are our, our entire lives. So once you take that away, it's like who if you don't take the time to plan and think about what it is you want to do, you're not already passionate about something or working towards something specific. You lose your whole identity. It's like, who am I? What am I? What am I doing? Why am I doing it? Um, so I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing that. And if there's any way that you guys can think of, or if I come up with something, like I would love to shoot it to you because I would love to be a part of that or share Hopefully. my story or my experience in some way. No, please do. Yeah. Uh, please do. And then I think to answer your second part, I don't think I answered it. Okay. Um, but after, so I'm going to get my PhD uh, because, again, uh, my personal mission statement is to help all students identify uh, their passion, inspire vision, and walk in purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, um, I've had long-term goals, you know, dating back, uh, well, like five, six years now to be a university president. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still something that I'm not going to say it's up in the air, but it's always evolving, right? Mm-hmm. I think purpose is not something that's static. Um, exactly. Your purpose is evolving. Always evolving uh, by doing the things that you want to do and the things you're passionate about. Um, but so ultimately, again, I want to ensure that every student, um, every student, every person has the opportunity, has the access um, to pursue their evolving goals. I don't care if that's career related, personal related, professionally related. Um, and so whether that's, you know, working with HR um, and, and um, you know, Fortune 500 companies to uh, create more equitable, equitable hiring and recruiting efforts, I think that'd be huge. Whether that's helping international students um, secure visa, uh, their work visas after their OPT visa, um, OBT, um, visas are up, yes. that would be awesome as well. Uh, but then think about student athletes, right? A lot of the issue, again, we can talk about time demands and everything else um, for the college athlete, but a lot of these issues are just uh, brought to the surface at the higher education level. So how can we get in the K-12 level, particularly the you know the AAU circuits, as y'all, as y'all know, you're very familiar with, yes. uh, but also these other, um, uh, whether it's rec leagues or other um, you know YMCA-type organizations, to talk about life after competition, right? Because your sport can be something that you're involved with for the rest of your life. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's life after sport. I truly think it's life after competition and being more um, intentional about having that conversation much more earlier um, than when student athletes uh, feel like they're ready to have that conversation. That's real. 
And I, the earlier the better because I feel like it's harder to reach kids and I mean adults especially. You really can't change people. Um, yeah. Kids are more impressionable. So if you start putting it in their head now um, and in their parents' heads, that's the other mm-hmm. thing that I want to do is like parent workshops and stuff like that because mm-hmm. it, that's where it starts at. Um, and yeah, so I, I think that is so important. K through 12 is the perfect place to start and be um, and definitely get into their parents as well. So that's awesome. And I want to tell you this before I forget. You talked mm-hmm. about uh, success, whatever that means. I literally just read this in the Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. This is my fourth time reading this book. I'm starting it today. Again, um, but it says success in life could be defined as the continued expansion of happiness and the progressive realization of worthy goals. Mm-hmm. That's deep. So I'm going to mm-hmm. dissect that for myself later. But, I mean, just looking at it is so real because I don't know how I'll wake up so happy every day in the situation I'm currently in, but I just wake up dancing and so grateful um, because I'm constantly working towards being happy and being at peace, being joyful. How can I give back to the world? How can I make other people happy? How can I make their day easier? And then the progressive realization of worthy goals, like I'm constantly coming up with ideas that are going to make the world better. And I used to only come up with ideas to get rich. So for me, that's success. And even though I'm not there yet in the physical, my mental is there. So that would be success. I I agree to that definition. I could probably add to it for myself. Um, but yeah, I wanted to share that. Um, so this is the last question before I get into the hot seat questions for you. Why are you passionate about this and what impact do you hope to make? So just to clarify, when you say this, what exactly are you referring to? Why are you so passionate about having athletes knowing what they're ha- helping them figure out what they're going to do next? About um, people having equal access to resources and education, things like that. Mm. That's good. Oh man, so. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, so I'm definitely writing a blog about this. Uh, it'll be coming out. And I'll make sure you get it, and I'll post it on my website and stuff. Awesome. Thank you. But for me, I mean, I think the biggest thing, and it goes back to my mom, um, and I just wrote about this a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, and then when she dropped me off at Coastal Carolina University, um, the woman told me <laughs> that she did her job getting me to college, uh, and now college is mine. My college experience is mine. I either fuck up or manifest. Oh, wow. Yeah, she said, I don't care. She said, I don't care if you smoke weed under an oak tree, but I did my job. So I think, like, Sound like my mama. <laughs> exactly. And I think it's laughing, like, even, like, she could die tomorrow. She won't, but she could die tomorrow. That's the last thing I remember from her because that for me was something that just released me to do whatever I felt like doing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think just to, whether it's whether it's student athletes or just other students um, who want, uh, who go to college, like they have these expectations that are either placed on their parents, like you're going to be a doctor or you're going to be a lawyer or you need to make X amount of money when you graduate. And they're not doing things that they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And so like I'll tell students, again, going back to my mission statement, identify their pa- identify your passion. So like I got to where I am today. Like if you look at my, I guess my LinkedIn page, it looks linear, but as to your story as well, like it's not a linear story. But at one point, literally six years ago, not even six years, eight years ago, I wanted to be an athletic trainer. Mm. And then I got an athletic training program. And I was like, yeah, fuck this. Like, too, much, <laughs> too, much, too much work, not enough pay. And then I wanted to be, um, I wanted to work in um, leadership development and student affairs. Okay. That didn't, 
didn't do that. Then I wanted to work um, uh, in conduct, like helping adjudicate uh, interpersonal violence prevention cases. There's always sexual assault and domestic violence. Wow. Still very passionate about it, but obviously I'm not doing that. And so, like, again, like, your purpose, if you chase or, you know, pursue your passions, right, mm-hmm. inspire vision to help uplift others around you, like, you will ultimately begin walking in a purpose that had already been, you know, claimed for you before you were born. That's so and so I'm, I'm super passionate about the work I'm doing now. One, because it doesn't feel like work. Like, it's really my life. I truly believe it's my life's purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, two, being a student athlete <clears throat> for a year as a walk-on student athlete at Coastal, um, and then being an athletic training student, like, I've seen up close the, the inequities and experience um, that student athletes face on college campuses. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is, it can be rooted and can be traced back to students. Uh, some of that can be put on um, – um, parents and coaches, um, but no matter who we want to point the finger at, students truly have an opportunity to use their voice and their platform to create to create an experience that reflects their passions and their interests. And so, if I can do anything to help bridge the gap between student affairs and um, intercollegiate athletics, I've done my job. If I can do anything to help students, um, you know, get into their dream schools, I just had a student athlete text me and say she got into her uh, number one grad program. Dope. And so it's like, 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 legit, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, is, like, this shit's fun. Like, I go to work yes. and I have fun. So, um, that's why I'm super passionate about this work. Um, and definitely super excited to connect with people like yourself uh, who want to join in on this effort, um, to help support students and but definitely student athletes as well. That's so awesome, Tim. And I absolutely love that. And I'm so thankful that you're doing this work because there's not too many people out here doing it. We need people like you, um, and need people in. The spaces that, like you said, were destined for you to be in before we before we both were born, um, and I I want to touch on, um, like you said, nothing is really linear, and if it is, that means you're not trying, you're not mm-hmm. taking risk, you're not really living in your purpose and passion, and. I wanted to be all kinds of things since I was little, um, and, and just from from let me see, 2017, 2018, when I moved here until now, I wanted to be a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a sports psychologist, a mental skills coach, a basketball coach, um, a neuro a neuroscientist. Um, I wanted to study the brain. I thought about going back to med school. I thought about going uh, to law school. Um, all kinds of things. I thought about just working that Sprint or either uh, Verizon for the rest of my life. I've worked at both of those twice. So I was like, you know what? I can do this. I'll be a district manager. They make about sixty, seventy thousand a year. Whatever. Yeah. I'll just be a cool mom. Right. You know, I'll just be a cool mom working my tail off six days a week. Whatever. So, um, so it's okay to go through that. And even when you are walking in your purpose and passion, it's okay for you to question it sometimes. Because I do it all the time. Am I really supposed to be doing this? Um, what, is, what is it supposed to be like? Am I supposed to do it a certain way? But let, if I, once I let go of the what I thought the results should be, like you said, it just everything just expands. It just happens more naturally. Um, and I've had opportunities... And I've been able to take advantage of opportunities I wouldn't have had if I didn't become open to what this could be, not just what I wanted it to be. Um, but Amen. that comes from just living on a very spiritual level. And I can tell you're a very spiritual man. So, um, And spiritual doesn't have to be religious for those of you who can't commit. Um, but there's definitely ways to connect with self to get to that point of where you just know 
who you are and what you're here for. So I definitely, I feel so like elated being on the phone with somebody who uh, is on the same level and wave. Um, and I definitely need you and want you in my network. You're a cool dude, okay. bro. And um, okay. very intelligent. I love it. Very, um, very mature. And I can tell you're very still. I love that. I feel so much peace. Like, I feel like I'm meditating right now in this conversation. Oh, I'm dead. Nah, <laughs> I appreciate it. Yes, I love it. Feels so good. All right, last four. These are the hot seat questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. They're not that bad. They're kind of like serious questions. I could have done better. But, like, you're a very, um, how can I put it, interesting person. So I, want, I personally want to know more, and I think you can help people. But they're still good questions. Um, so first one's favorite three books. Okay, so first and foremost, uh, and I was going to tell you this one off the call anyway, but Purpose Awakening okay. um, is by Torrey Roberts. Um, that's number one. Number two, ooh, I have a lot of books. All right, number two would be How to Win Friends and Influence People Okay. by Dale Carnegie. And then number three, particularly for my um, people of color and my, um, my women, um, Forget a Mentor, Find a Sponsor by Sylvia Ann Hewlett. Okay. I'm definitely writing those down. Three. Those are three really good ones. Okay. Books that have definitely helped me. I'm going to say, you can send me all of them because I... Oh, I got you. <laughs> I, I would definitely do that. Thank you. Uh, the next one. What would you tell yourself at age 21 if he were in 2020? Wait, say that one more time. If you if you were 21 today. So you being... How old are you now? 20 i just turned 27 27 okay so if you were 21 today what would you tell yourself now being 27 oh wow oh man um that's a good one i would say like just have fun man like uh i think it's cliche i think it's cliche to always say life is too short um, Mm -hmm. but it's very true um and i do believe like a lot of the stresses stressors and um you know, anxious thoughts that I've had over the last, you know, six years just came from just thinking too much and mm-hmm. just not and not trusting the plan has the plan that God has set forth. Yes. So I would say just like have fun, stay focused, um, and have fun. Like again, like we're here we're here for a reason. So just exactly. have fun. And, and and you literally can't say anything else except have fun. Maybe relax. Literally. Um yeah, not like, so much. But yeah. seriously, like I got to a point where I started to disassociate because I was so far in the future, I was like 10 years ahead, making a 10-year plan. I don't know what the hell is going to happen in 10 years. Exactly. And my age is going to be alive. <laughs> like, alive. Yeah. Legit. For real. So it's like just when you're that young, even if you, I mean, if you got to get a job at your local McDonald's, just do something. It doesn't matter what it is. Just do something until you get to the point where you know why you're here. Um, and that's okay. Whatever it is that you do, if you don't want to play your sport anymore, quit. It don't matter. Do what's best for you. Um, if you are in grad school and you almost done and you, you really don't want to do it, that's fine. Like you said, you switched your majors and figured out what you wanted to do. That's yep. fine. Um, it takes time. Like I don't think anybody should have to know what they want to do just because they're a certain age. Like, you might wake up at 60 and decide you want to change everything. Um, And I can think of a few people. You got J.K. Rowling and you got Caitlyn Jenner. They they were old and went completely different ways in what they were going. So um, that's okay. And I love something Michelle Obama said, too, is that you don't have to just be one thing. So um, that has given me so much, like, 
I don't know, just uh, peace, I guess, and Amen. relief. Um, because I want, I've always wanted to be so many things, and so I haven't been as like connected and loyal in in many spaces because I was like, well, I'm not just a basketball player, so I don't care that I play for this team or you know in this place. Um, same with jobs and stuff like that because I just didn't, I didn't want to be that. I wanted to be that and this, 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 and this. So once I heard that, um, it gave me that relief that first of all I can be any and everything and there's no like time frame in which I have to do all of these things. So. Um, I agree with that advice. I hope my 21... I was just watching a movie about different realities um, and different like versions of us being out here. So I kind of believe that. So if my 21-year-old self is out here still living life... Amen. You, you feel me? If there's a born-again me. Um, third question. <laughs> what have you... Oh, this is, this is going to be a really good one, too. What have you overcome to get here? Oh, man. Uh, overcome the, um, I think the real and perceived reality of growing up in a single parent household, mm. um, overcome, uh, wow, well, being, I mean, it's being not white, I've overcome, uh, food insecurity, mm. financial insecurity, um, Student loans, still overcoming, but yes. student loans. Um, oh, generational curses nice. are those that thought they would would break or you know bring me back into you know those those um those curses. Amen. Uh, what else have I overcome? And really, I mean, I think my own thoughts, like my human my human nature and desire. Um, yes. So again, I'm not. I don't want anyone like listening to this or uh, that 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 knows me to think that I don't have anything I struggle with or that. Um, I'm not that I'm perfect. So I'm definitely not. I think that, you know, social media, whether it's social media or just people's perceptions or um, uh, inclination to compare can put people on pedestals when they're not. And so I'm not that person at all. But I do want to recognize that although I have my I've had my shortcomings and challenges and, and struggles, um, when you when you put your trust and faith in the Lord, you know, you can't fail. So That's deep. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm a child of God. I definitely um doorstep amen i love it i love it last one and this is like a future reference so what is timothy bryson's legacy what will you be known for when you are no longer here with us well with them because i'll probably be going to i'm 27 too (laughs) (laughs) again it goes back to my mission statement so I, i hope that you know at my at my um what do you call it? Funeral, eulogy, whoever delivers the eulogy, that they say, you know, uh, Dr. Timothy Bryson, excuse me, Dr. Timothy Ford Bryson uh, was someone who helped all people identify their passions, inspire vision, and walk in their purpose. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's going to be that's something I always reiterate. It's in every single personal statement, every single um, cover letter. Um, it's the headline on my website. Like, I, I truly mean um, everything I say when I say those three, those three statements. Um, but at the same time, I know that people are going to say that uh, Tim Bryson had he had fun. Uh, he loved his breweries. <laughs> he, had, he had a lot of Mike and Ikes, and he wore a bow tie every Tuesday. Um, so oh my gosh, those they, they would say all all of those things uh, <laughs> at my passing. I love it, and that's real, and that's all that matters. Um, and if you can 
even have people deliver an honest eulogy like that, then you have lived the life that you were supposed to live. Um, and Dr. Timothy Bryson, Dr. Timothy Ford Bryson, Amen. you have inspired me to continue to walk in my faith, my truth, um, and dive even deeper in that. And um, definitely, like I said, just want to stay connected because I feel like we can be great for each other. Um, and I know you can help me out a lot, a lot, a lot. So I really appreciate you and taking the time this afternoon to be on here with us. Um, love always connecting with people from Ohio. And Amen. Um, please keep being you, keep doing you, and do not let anything or anyone get in the way. Um, if you need me, you got my number and all of that. I'm definitely here anytime. Um, and definitely, like I said, want to stay connected. But thank you so, so, so much. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for your time. Of course. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Speak Your Truth Podcast, the only podcast dissecting the intersection of mental health and sports. I would really appreciate it if you would take the time to rate, review, and subscribe to Speak Your Truth. If you would like to give me any feedback, ask me any questions or anything else, you can find my email on my Instagram page at speakyourtruth underscore podcast. Thank you. Speak Your Truth is meant to be educational only. 